super happy to have the one and only Matt Corker back on the mic. It feels so weird because by the time this podcast goes live, you will not be in Vancouver anymore. You'll be back in Hawaii for Kona. Back in Hawaii. I haven't been to Kona in almost two years. No. Has it really been that long? It really has. No. Yes. Okay. For the listeners listening in right now, I want you to know that this, like the shock on my face is really real. My jaw is pretty much on the floor because this woman in front of me like needs a serious dose of aloha. And so I'm surprised that um, you have lasted so long without that dose of the big island. Let's not talk about it. Okay. Because the truth is I'll be back there and I can't wait and I'm super excited. And it's uh, interesting this year because Ironman Hawaii is always on Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. Mm. And this year, for whatever reason, Canadian Thanksgiving is the weekend before Ironman Hawaii. And for context, I am not racing. I am going to be a big, fat cheerleader. Um, but Canadian Thanksgiving is coming up and being proud Canadian business owners, we love to celebrate this holiday. Mm-hmm. And being a proud triathlete, I will stay in Hawaii to celebrate <laughs> Ironman Hawaii. And uh, we were jamming before this, bro, about Thanksgiving and gratitude. And what I love about being in business with you is you just cut right through it all. And I feel like sometimes I can live in the land of inspirational quotes. And you just tell me that's great, but that's not going to get you to where you want to go. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, when I go to Bali and, and teach... Or even when I lead a leadership offsite, there's so often where people are like, oh yeah, I saw this one thing on Instagram and it's like, live your best life. And I'm like, but does that, like those are instructions for living and yet you we keep them as Instagram quotes. Like we're like, oh, that's a nice thought right. versus like, no, like wake up every morning and make a choice to yeah. go and do something you love. And it's like, that's like, oh, that's a nice thought versus like, no, we're telling you what you need to do. Like here are instructions for life that have been passed down from sages and thought leaders and beautiful activists and artists that have just given us wise words of wisdom. And in the name of gratitude, gratitude to me can sometimes feel really fluffy. Mm. And it's like, oh, I'm grateful for my life and I'm grateful for my friends. And I'm grateful for my food. And I remember our podcast last year where we actually said, you need to say, we need to say thank you. And, oh, it wasn't even our podcast. It was our corkboard video. P.S. If you haven't subscribed to our corkboard, monthly best newsletter in your inbox, full jam fact of love and a funny pun. <laughs> the notion though was you, if you're grateful for something, say thank you. And gratitude should be a reflection, but then combined with an action. So if I'm grateful for something, say thank you. Like do something and take action to show gratitude. Because it's one thing to be like, I'm really grateful for my parents, but then hate on them and not call them back. Like that's not gratitude in my eyes, at least. Yeah. Well, I feel like I went on a little bit of a rant there. I got all excited about this topic today. (laughs) Well, because I tell you, this is what Instagram quotes starts with an inspo quote and lives on your gram and not in your life. And Matt Corker is going to tell you about it. It's what I love about coaching and facilitating. And every time I get to experience a Matt Corker 
Uh, Matt Corker experience is unique and it's served up with no filter and, <laughs> and no gram. Um, but, but I was telling you, I was sharing with you that I thought it was only appropriate to jam on gratitude today. Yeah. And, and the reason for it is because it's Canadian Thanksgiving this week and I love this holiday. Um, yet, in the name of not being fluffy, we s- discussed gratitude when things aren't going well. Yeah. Because it's really easy to give praise and gratitude challenges for all the things that are great. And what about the times when things aren't great? And you so aptly and perfectly said, well, how about we talk about the three Ironmans you did this year that didn't go well? (laughs) And I was like, turn the mic on. Let's go. (laughs) So where to begin? What do you want to know, bro? So first off, I want to know, how do you plan your races for the year? So like, how do you even choose which races you go to? I say a prayer <laughs> of gratitude. Oh, gosh. Not Insert true. eye roll. <laughs> uh, this year, I decided that I wanted to try to do a back-to-back Ironman weekend. And I looked at the calendar and said, where will this happen? Where can I do back-to-back races? And uh, I had a backup option, which was Ironman Mount Tremblant should something either not go well or third chance. Sometimes it's fun to race at the end of the summer. Um, yeah. So really it's just, what is, what is a new goal and what are the parameters I have within the racing calendar to try to achieve that goal? Okay. So you had a goal. I want to do a back-to-back Ironman and that took you over to Europe. And that took me to Europe. I did Ironman Austria and then I went to Frankfurt for Ironman Frankfurt. And how many days were in between those two races? Well, a week. A week. Like Saturday seven days. to Saturday. Saturday to Saturday. So for anyone who's like, I want to do an Ironman, you can do it in seven days. Just kidding. <laughs> Don't Absolutely. do it in nine. Don't do it in seven days. Train for longer than that. Um, and when you first got to Austria, tell me about the experience of Austria. Yeah. So I I went to Austria on my own and I really practiced gratitude. <laughs> and and this isn't this isn't funny. I mean, I was I got to Austria on my own. I I had taken a bit of a longer flight because of costs and I had been traveling. I went to get a rental car and I had about a 6 or 8 hour drive from the Munich airport to Austria and I was pulling over on the side of the autobahn like every hour trying to keep my eyes open. And it was pouring rain and it was just the craziest drive ever. And I remember thinking, I'm so grateful that this is what I get to do. I'm so grateful that like this is a moment in time. And I remember distinctly telling myself and feeling like what a beautiful stress, like the stress of driving through this torrential rain and going someplace. I didn't know where to go. Siri was trying to talk to me in German. It was quite a disaster. I got lost. And it made me grateful that these are like, this was a moment in time. I might not ever get the chance to go back and race Ironman Austria. And, um, I, I just thought if I don't surrender to the craziness, it's going to drive me crazy. Right. And all I have right now is this trip. I have no one waiting for me. I have no one that I'm going to upset for being late. If I have a nap, um, I just need to get to this destination and be ready to race in a couple of days. So what it sounds like is right from the get-go, you not only were in the practice of recognizing the impermanence of the experience, like the rain's going to pass, I'm going to do this, I may never get to do this again, 
Like this isn't my life forever and always. This is just this moment. Totally. And there was also this like element of surrender into that being like, and I can't change that it's raining. Absolutely. And I can't change that I need to get from point A to point B to do this race. Totally. Like the race isn't going to come to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I reminded myself in like what felt like a pretty crappy situation that I asked for this. Mm. In fact, I dreamt of this. Mm. This was a dream come true to be able to go and race. And if this is what comes with it, then so be it. And I just take such joy in hearing people's stories when things don't go well and them being able to find find the positive in it. It's not to say that there's rainbows everywhere. It was not a rainbow kind of drive. It was actually a rain cloud drive. Yet the joy in in the experience is, I mean, I, I'm not here to tell you this. I wasn't making anybody else feel good. It was just me in the car and a few podcasts. Like that That was it. Yeah. Um, and I learned actually that from you, bro. The The power of delayed flights and traffic and you're like, well, what can you do about it? And if you can't do anything about it, then you just get to change your attitude. Mm. And that's where gratitude began on that journey. Okay. And then I got to Austria. Then you got to Austria. Tell me about Austria. Well, I arrived to this sweet little guest house, which was super cute. I realized that eating and like the food was going to be different and it was a small village and there might not be a ton of options. Um... I really struggled with jet lag. I had two days before the race that I just couldn't get onto European time. And it's, I guess, about a nine or a 10 hour time change. Um, perhaps I should have given myself more time and or not, but I just, I couldn't fall asleep at night and I couldn't stay awake during the day. And the problem or the blessing that I was by myself, so I would just sleep whenever I was tired and get my training in when I needed to, and otherwise I was awake at the incorrect time. Um, it was tough. It was tough, and it didn't serve me on race day. And I think partway through the race, I felt like I should be sleeping, and I was 100 kilometers into the bike ride. So um, all of that to be said, I'm just going to keep riffing on Iron Man here. Is that okay? Yeah, do it. Okay, because every day that I would be asleep in the middle of the day, um, I thought that what my body wants right now is sleep. So give it sleep. Mm-hmm. And I'm, maybe I have some lessons, some, some learning to do on how to best adjust to time zones like that. I think step one is just arrive earlier. Yes. Sidebar. <laughs> um, when I got to the race, I, here I am alone and I'm thinking it was not going well. Um, do I just drop out? Like, what do you do when you're having a terrible race that you literally want to crawl over onto the side of the road and have a nap? And I thought, well, I could just keep eating and drinking. And I had a lot of espresso gels trying to like wake myself up and and get to it. I unfortunately got quite sick as well, which I think was my body just telling me it wanted to sleep. Um, but when the bike was over, I thought, well, no, wait, pause. You were throwing up on the side of the road just so that everyone was clear. Yeah, I was ill. Yeah. Like there was no like sugar coating (laughs) that bike ride. Like when you were like, I felt ill, like you were yakking. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you've ever yakked on a bike before. No, Yeah. that, that wasn't nice. That wasn't nice at all. Um, but I got off the bike and thought, well, it's just me. What else am I going to do on a Sunday? I might as well run. And... And I really think it was training my brain to find 
find the moments of gratitude. And this is, again, I'm not pooping a rainbow. It's fine. Like I have a body that's not broken that will be able to run a marathon. And there is a great argument as a pro that's not very great. That's not an excellent experience. You know, you don't want to be the back of the pack, a crappy athlete. Nobody wants that. And yet I thought this is a moment in time. I'm not broken. My spirit is not even broken. I'm super pumped to go and see what I can do. And um, whether I'm back of the pack or not, I really treat every Ironman like it could be my last. And I never know. I never know when that will come. It's certainly not yet. Uh, or I certainly hope it hasn't come yet. And in those tough moments to find the reason to keep fighting on when it doesn't look good, when it doesn't serve your ego, when it doesn't serve a best time, I think you learn a lot and it's a very humbling experience and I got off the bike and I found this little Austrian man to run with and he was 24 years old and he was like the Austrian hero and every time we ran by people they would cheer for him so loud and I, I had a really enjoyable run and uh, and I really think it was powered on the you know the notion of when things aren't going well where how deep of into the well of gratitude can you go and we talk about going deep into the well of hurt and into the hurt locker but, but I care more about how deep you can go to find something to be grateful for mm. yeah and so race number one didn't go well race number two you then headed to I headed to Frankfurt to meet my girlfriend Rachel McBride she was racing Frankfurt um she she had just done a 70.3 mm -hmm. and was on um, was was adapting <laughs> to the time zone with a much more reasonable time frame. And I at that by that point in time, I just wanted to see someone I loved. Mm -hmm. I was like, get me on a plane. How quickly can I not be in this alone anymore? Yeah. And that was also crazy because the day after Ironman, you don't really want to be packing your bike and flying somewhere, but I didn't care. And I packed everything up and I hoofed it to Frankfurt and, um, I'd never done this before. I didn't know what I was signing myself up for. So I, we were, had a great homestay and I just thought I can sleep. I'm really good at this sleeping thing and I need to move my body to try to flush this Ironman out of me as best as I can without hurting my body. And it was a great week of, of just appreciating the pain. You appreciate the blisters popping. You appreciate waking up feeling better. Then you appreciate the next day. Okay, wait, pause. I need to get really clear on this. When yeah. you're like, I appreciate a blister popping. Like, well, cause then I'm healing. So yeah. it really is like a rewiring, like you, over the years of training, you yeah. not have only trained your body to withstand the pressure, but you've also trained your brain to look at a situation that is harmful or like hurtful, <laughs> that like is uncomfortable, that makes walking difficult as like a joy. A joy. Honestly, bro, nothing makes me feel more alive. I love it. I feel grateful for it and I hate it when I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And and in the moment, it feels devastating to not feel at your best. 
And that's actually what happened. So, dun 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 dun. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Fast forward through ten, out, 10 plus hours. Yeah, we're five days. So five days I went through sort of all of the recovery and I was actually feeling pretty okay. I had a test run that I thought if I can run 10K at a certain pace, I'm ready for this. And sure enough, I ran 10K. I felt great. I was ready to go. And 24 hours before the race, we got raging food poisoning. And it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And talk about the trip of yakking, to use your word. And I remember calling you and saying, I can't believe this is happening. Like, I am puking my guts out. I don't know what to do. And, you know, I get some texts now. Like, I used to be on every side of the road. Absolutely. And then you became a little too fast (laughs) to chase. And also, you've traveled a lot more. And so there's been a number of races that I've no longer been able to to join. And usually we exchange texts before the race. We still have secret, like, this is what my time is going to look like, because you know I'm stalking you on every time a timer goes um, across, or every time a timing chip goes across a mat. And this time you texted me and said, I need, like, things aren't awesome. And it was the first time where I was like, oh, like, is Steph just being dramatic? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, is she like over-exaggerating? Like one race didn't go well. She's still living in it a little bit. Yeah. And then I was like, how are you feeling right now? And out of 10, and you gave me three. And I was like, oh shit. Like, (laughs) eat, like puking rainbows and all that aside and like going deep into the gratitude locker. Like it was a three. Like that is just like for everyone listening, like, three from Steph Corker I was like okay like we are in a different experience yeah it was very bad I was very sick and I had texted you and I was speaking with coach Jasper and Jazzy just said like you've got you've traveled across the world you've got to stay in the mindset that you can do this Mm. And I mean, for context, I couldn't even carry my own bag to transition the day before to put my bike in. Like, I I just didn't know how I was going to possibly start a race, let alone walk home from transition, you know? And um, I think there was the element of, I'm going to start this. The element of, I'm going to see what I can do. Um and the surrender. I mean, I don't know that there was gratitude in that other than the surrender of my body might actually have tapped out on this one. Yeah. And that's what happened. And I got to transition in the morning and I just wanted to curl in a ball and go right back to sleep. Mm. And that's not how you want to feel on Ironman morning. Like these are not awesome feelings. And, um, Rach had also been ill and Rach was in a place where she needed a certain final placing to qualify for Kona. And, and I thought like, I will do everything I can to do this race because I'm so excited to be here. And worst case, if I can't do this, I'm going to get back out on that course and cheer my face off for Rachel to get to Kona. And unfortunately, I learned about dropping out, which was really hard. I rode 110K of the bike course before I could quit. And I just didn't know how to quit. And that's a whole other conversation. And when I did, I went home and went back to bed (laughs) and followed the tracker to see that Rach wasn't really having the day that she thought she was hoping to have. 
And I thought, uh-oh, like now is her bout of this food poisoning. And, and Ironman is such a solo sport. You're really out there on your own racing. And as you alluded to, like you've been at copious start lines and finish lines and Davy and the whole Iron Tribe. It's been incredible. And it was the first time the wave came over me of like, maybe I get to share the joy of being on the sidelines with someone else because I really want to race and I can't. Mm. So what can I do? And I went and I got a city bike, which was the Frankfurt version of a Vancouver Moby, which you all know I love. And I had the chance of following Rach around. And I mean, finishing the race, watching her finish the race felt like, I mean, she's going to Kona. And what a beautiful cherry on top of my really crappy three scoop Sunday. Hmm. Um, and, and maybe in that is like, again, the joy of finding joy for someone else when it just wasn't going to happen for me. Yeah. And I could have stayed home and stayed in bed. And I'm really glad that didn't happen. And I'm mindful of time. I want to tell you the quick fast forward of the year started with, I was going to do two Ironmans and I went to Tremblant only to finish what I didn't finish in Frankfurt. Mm. And I, like I said, you never know when it's going to be your last. You don't know when you'll get injured, when something will happen. And I feel like I've spent so long always planning for my next one, which I love doing. And I'm always up for the planning. Yet the reality of honoring that one day and that experience feels so important. And I said, I still have so much fitness and I'd really love to go and express it somewhere. And I went to Tremblant and I went with my bestie, Joe Hudson, and we had an awesome homestay and a really great experience. And, and was it the best day, best race for me? No, but I was out there and realized like I can still do this and I still have fire in my belly to have a really great day. And 2018 wasn't my year of great days. And upon reflection, it's been six weeks you get to say, do I want to keep fighting the good fight for my best day? And the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. I love that the, what it sounds like is going deep into the well of gratitude is actually going deep into the well of surrender. Yeah. And it's like, I can't change all of these other things. Yeah. I can't change that. I feel this shitty right now. I can't change that I still have X number more kilometers to go. They're not going to shorten the race for me because I'm not into it anymore. And it's the joy of saying, okay, so then what is within my power and how can I change that? Or can I just find a little bit more joy in the fact that I dreamt of these days? Absolutely. I dreamt of this, this hurt. I dreamt of this totally. race course. And so while I like to make it applicable for p folks who are listening that may not be Ironman athletes or ever dream of a start line ever. Yeah. It's like sometimes home life can feel like a little bit of a slog. Mm. Sometimes going into work can feel like a little bit of a slog. And you're like, there's so much around me that I can't change. Like it's the lighting in the office is horrible and I'm not in charge of maintenance. And yet at the same time, we can look at how can I be more responsible for my own experience of my own life and do one thing that I can do in this moment to enjoy it a little bit more. Go into the land of surrender. And you do you know what grows at the bottom of the surrender tank? 
beautiful flowers. <laughs> All right, Steph, you are headed to Kona. You're in Kona at the time of this. What is making your heart beat faster? I love Hawaii so much. I'm going to say the new Lava Java. Oh. The new Lava Java on Alihi. I just, I love it here. <laughs> um, what about you, bro? What's making my heart beat faster is our friend Brian Pudney. It's the launch of his Kickstarter for his The Raddest Kids Alphabet Book. Ever. Ever. So we'll include the link down below to Avocado Toast um, for all of you hip new parents looking for a rad way to uh, educate and enjoy time with your kids. Before we sign off, in the name of kids and family from Team Corker, we wish you a super happy Thanksgiving weekend. And we will also include a link for our favorite plant-based Thanksgiving dinner options if you're looking for any inspiration. Big love.